This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. We're going to be in Proverbs again, chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And healing to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. This is the reading of the Lord. You may be seated. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing a series that's titled Wisdom in Dizzying Times. And the reason why we're taking taking that direction and that focus is so much because of the type of times that we're we're living in that are are so complex, so dizzying, so drawing you to the left or drawing you to the the right. right? And as, as believers in Christ, we need to know where our anchor is at. We need to understand what is true and authentic wisdom. So the series is Wisdom in Dizzying Times. Last week, Pastor Aaron started us off with Proverbs chapter 9. What we're doing is we are looking at Proverbs and we're bringing all the the topics out of of Proverbs and we're walking through it from that direction. Last week, we got to hear about how wisdom is calling for for you and at the same time, folly is calling for you. So... While we're walking through Proverbs, I want you to understand the imagery of what's going on here. I want you to to, to really be able to picture the heart and breadth of, 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 of Proverbs. When you're looking at Proverbs, you're looking at Solomon walking with his son and passing wisdom on. All right, this has got to be the heart of it when you're thinking about it. This is what you're picturing here. Solomon walking with his son, passing wisdom on to his son. So I love images, and, and, I, and I want you to be able to go there with me and be able to picture inside of your, your mind whatever that thing that sets up this type of image. Like for me, whenever I start thinking about that, like I didn't grow up with my dad, but I grew up around my uncle, and that, that was in many ways like a dad to me. He was always, always around me, and... So my uncle, he would always give me this wisdom. The problem is that it, it was like it wasn't it was wasn't really wisdom. It was like some it was street wisdom, right? But <laughs> but man, but I, I I yearned this these conversations I would have with him. So when I think about Proverbs and I think about how it was laid out. One of the images that come back to my mind is I, I remember walking down the street where I lived. At. It was like the, the, the roughest street 
in my hood. And, and, and so my uncle, he had a lot of respect inside the hood. And we just walking down the street. And he's all swollen. I'm just walking next to him. And he's just talking to me, giving me his, his street wisdom. And so he heard that I was running around the hood with a gat, right? So a gun, right? And I'm like, well, nah, it's not even real. It's a, it's a BB gun, right? It just looks real. People think it's real, and they respect me. So he starts giving me this wisdom, like, listen, listen, listen. You don't want to be walking down the street with that BB gun, man. If you're going to carry a gun, carry a real one, right? <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm like, yeah. I wish. He was like, man, why are you even doing running up and down these streets from the get-go? And, you know, that he would give me other kinds of wisdom. But... It was something about that that relationship. It was something about him walking with me and just talking with me. And I'm just, he's just pouring inside of me. And and when you're thinking about Proverbs, you got to be able to get there. That same thing, whatever that type of imagery that you have inside your mind of of this fatherly figure that's just pouring out wisdom to you, taking the time to walk with you and talk to you about the ins and outs of life. And show you what true godly wisdom is. Whatever those examples is. For some of you are fly fishing or sitting at drinking coffee. Whatever it is. That was mine. But this is the heart of Proverbs when we enter into it. Now, you go in and you see Solomon talking to his son. And he's passing wisdom onto him. Now, our focus inside this series is is. Not just wisdom itself, right? Because we want us to to grasp hold of wisdom and understand wisdom, but it's not just wisdom itself, but how godly wisdom is passed on. Now, this is important because as we hope and we seek for wisdom, we need to understand how it's received, how it's passed on, how godly wisdom is passed on. It's, it's, It's so relational in how godly wisdom is given to you. Like, godly wisdom isn't, isn't received merely through studying of information or, or going through personal experiences, but instead it's given by God relationally in context to information that you receive or personal experiences that you go through together. It's not just I'm, I'm reading this thing, I'm studying this thing, or I, I went through this thing, ups, bad, bad, good, all these type of things. It's that you're going through it with him. You're studying with him. You're diving in with him. And in the context of it, while it's going on, through the godly relationship between you and, 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 and the Father, he's able to give you divine wisdom. This is the big thing here that we have to be able to get. Even as he gives us this Bible, he gives us this, this, the Bible and he sets it up so that you will never understand the depths of the wisdom inside the Bible without genuine relationship with him. He sets it up like that intentionally. I'm going to give this to you. You'll dive and you'll read it. Your intellect will be tickled, but you'll never know the depth of the wisdom that's inside of this thing without true relationship with me. Everything is about relationship. You're studying the word, and it's unpacked and exposed to you through relationship with the Spirit. Or 
when God places you in relationships with other people that he's given wisdom to and he wants to give wisdom to you, share wisdom to you by passing it on through them. Or just relationship with the father of all of existence who has all of creation at his disposal to pass wisdom on to you. Like simple things, like, like the Lord is showing you wisdom and just how birds fly through the sky. But all of this comes through relationship, where you can hear him speaking to you through everything that he owns. Many times, people will engage the Bible seeking the, the wisdom of the king, yet in their hearts, they're not seeking the king at all, but instead themselves through deep intellectualism. And then God exposes this reality that, that we're not really seeking him by sending things our way that intellect will not solve only relationship. And he shows you, you're not really even seeking, seeking me. Relationship is how we have to look at Proverbs, as we have to look at what's going on here as Solomon is, is walking with his son, this father that, that understands the pains and, and that, that's going through these type of things. Now, you got to understand the, the weight that's, that, that's on him as he's talking to his son, and he's walking with his son, and he's passing on wisdom. And in 20, he's talking to him, and he says, son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. He's like, son, pay attention to, to wisdom. I'm passing wisdom on to you, and I want you to pay attention to it. Like, you ever have that time when, when you're, like, talking to somebody, and you're just, like, pouring out your guts? Like your guts are on the table, and you're pouring them out. You're, like, pouring out your heart to them, and, and then you're like, are you even paying attention to me? Are you even listening to me? Or, or, or it's been vice versa where, 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 where someone is talking to you and they're like, are you even listening? Are you even paying attention to what I'm saying right now? There's a problem in a relationship. Are you hearing me? Man, so many times God is with us and he's, he's walking with us through the, the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the joys and the sadnesses, the victories and the defeats of life. But he's walking with us and he's trying to give us wisdom. He's talking to us and he's like, oh, are you even paying attention to me? You're listening. Solomon is like, son, pay attention to my words. I'm giving you wisdom right now. Sometimes it's so hard because we're so, we're so caught up in what we want to do that we're not stopping to listen. We're so caught up in the information, caught up in the experience, caught up in everything else that it starts to eclipse the relationship that we have with the God of everything. The noise starts to cancel his voice out. Solomon knows this way too well. You read Ecclesiastes, he's going through some stuff. 
He knows what he's talking about when he's talking to his son. He's, he's talking from the depths of his heart. And he's talking to him. He goes on. He says, son, pay attention to me. Incline your ears to my sayings. He's saying, he's saying, train your ears to hear the voice of wisdom. We have to be able to do this. Train our ears to hear the voice of wisdom. We have to practice listening to wisdom's voice. That we can hear her when she's calling out and say, that's wisdom. I heard her. I know her voice. We have to train our ears to hear the voice of wisdom. The problem is we're in the practice of listening to our own voice as the voice of wisdom. That's the problem here because when that happens, then then the only voices that we hear are our voices or voices that sound like ours, voices that echoes the things that we would say then they become the voices of wisdom because, yeah, yeah, you're just looking for things that affirm what you already believe. And then you tag that as wisdom, and the things that sort of check you is the things you jump over. So he's talking to his son. He's like, son, hear me. Listen, there's so much more to di- than just hearing wisdom. It's more than that. It's more than just hearing wisdom. A lot of times we hear it all the time. You ever, you ever wonder why God can give you wisdom today, but it's like tomorrow you totally forgot about it? Like God can speak wisdom to your soul today that you know is true, you know is right, but then next week it's like he never spoke it to you. You're back at it again. Next month is like he never spoke it to you. Solomon knows. He's talking to his son. 21 to 22, he doesn't just stop at pay attention and incline your ears. He continues to talk to him. He says, he says, he says son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ears. But listen, in 21 to 22, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all your flesh. He says, he, he places the, the, the value of health and life to this wisdom he's given to them. He says, you have to see wisdom as detrimental to being healthy. You have to see that that you have to have this high value on godly wisdom because you will pursue the things that you actually value. I'm not talking about things that in theory you value. That sounds good to value. That makes sense to value. But when you actually value it, you will chase after it. You do it right now. The interesting thing is that he tells him this, and he, he says, listen, son, you got to value this wisdom. It's like life. It's, it's, it's health. The only way to have a healthy life as a human being is valuing godly wisdom. But he goes on, and he highlights not letting it escape. It's not as simple as just receiving the wisdom, but the intentionality of keeping it. 
I've seen people stumble and fall because they stopped valuing certain things as life-given wisdom. They stopped valuing certain things as true health to their soul. What happened? Why did this happen? Why? Wisdom has escaped. When I say that, it's not the, the information has left. It's there still, but the value of certain things is life-shaping wisdom. It's going from being life-forming wisdom to just information. So he gives instructions to his son. He says, listen, son, this wisdom that I'm giving to you, keep this thing in your heart. Why? Why does he just say, man, make sure this is on your mind all the time. Make sure it's inside your brain, storing inside of your brain. No, he says, keep it inside of your heart. Why? Because you just keep it inside your head, it becomes just information. But once it's attached to your heart, it starts formation. Many of us are informed by the gospel, but formed by something else. So the gospel gives you really nice, good information, but yo, you're not changing because you're formed by something totally else. The gospel hasn't latched onto your heart. It, It got stuck up here. Real deep, real deep. But not to the point where your heart weeps at the reality of it. He doesn't stop here, though. He keeps talking to his son. He continues on. Because merely keeping this wisdom in your heart doesn't keep it from escaping this still intentionality that's needed. When I say escape, let me make it clear. Let me explain to you. He doesn't mean wisdom wants to leave and break free. You're holding wisdom hostage and they just want to get out of here and escape your clutches. That's not what he means. But he's specific. He said, let them not escape from your sight. The focus point is you. Let this wisdom that you're receiving, this wisdom that I'm giving you, let it not escape from your sight. You have to be intentional. You have to keep this wisdom in your line of sight all the time. Son, keep it in your line of sight that I'm giving to you. I know why I'm saying this thing. Because one day... You may wake up and realize the value of wisdom has gone. And you have no idea when it's left. Which probably isn't even as important of how did it leave. I've taken the wisdom. I've placed it in my heart. And now, usually after some kind of damage has been done, I realize that it's gone. When did it leave? That's why he keeps talking to his son. He keeps going, engaging him. And he says, son, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. 
says, I'm giving you wisdom. I'm giving you wisdom. Don't let it escape. So keep it inside your heart and then guard your heart with all vigilance. When it says guard your heart here, it's saying guard your heart above everything else. With all vigilance, this becomes priority. Guard your heart above everything else. You're going to have to make some sacrifices along the way to make sure that this heart is guarded and protected. This wisdom that's being given to you, you're going to have to. He said with all vigilance. So when he says with all vigilance, vigilance is staying super watchful. You're watching, you're watching, you're watching, you're looking, and you're watching. Some translations say diligence, which means that you are on it. You are diligently staying watchful, guarding this heart. The reason... Wisdom is gone is not because it got bored and left, but because the enemy of our souls has crept into our hearts, stolen the value of wisdom, and oftentimes replacing it with folly. You have to be on guard. It's not that wisdom wants to leave our hearts. It's that the enemy wants to steal it from out of our hearts. We have to be on guard. I love, I, I love imagery. I love to be able to paint these pictures. So when I start thinking about this, and I feel like, well, man, what paints is a picture of it? Now, I love movies, and I always go through these movies. And, and who inside here have seen the movie Inception? Raise of hands. Have you seen it? You've seen it? Okay. All right. If you've seen it, You'll track with what I'm saying. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to make, make a, a, a vivid picture of it. So when we're talking about guarding our hearts, right? Now, you think about this movie Inception. So in the movie, what happens is this, there's this guy that he is uh, making certain decisions in, in real life that's going to affect people in certain ways. And they want to change the type of actions he's going to be taking in real life. They want to change the type of things that he's going to do. Now, in order to change the way he lives in real life, what he actually does, they realize and understand the only way that happens is the change has to come from inside of his heart. So he teams up with this group of people, and they have this, this machine, this invention, and what happens is they, they, they catch you when you go to sleep, and they, they, they get you to fall asleep, they catch you when you go to sleep, And then what they do is they enter into your dreams, right? Remember, Solomon told them, pay attention, right? They catch him when he's he's asleep, and then they enter into the dream, and then they have to find his heart. The heart inside the dream is that place that's heavily guarded. It's normally a safe or vault, that's what happened inside the, inside, inside the movie. The heart was that place that was heavily guarded. There was people with guns all around it. And, and it's normally a safe or a vault. And then they have to break through all the guards. And once they broke through all the guards, they had to break into the, into the safe. And then when they broke into the safe, they was able to find this piece of paper. And on this piece of paper had that vital piece of information 
that was outflowing into how they lived in real life. So what they had to do was steal that piece of paper, steal that information, and then put another piece of paper there that had different information, false information, to impact the outflow of his life in all reality. That's how the movie went. I think about that, and I'm like, that's the same thing. This is what's happening here. When, when, when Solomon is telling him to guard your heart, this is what he's telling him to guard his heart from. It made me think about Luke 8. This is the parable where, where, where Jesus is talking to his disciples about the seeds and the sowers, and they're like, Jesus, I hear you, but I don't really get what you're talking about. Can you explain to me what that really means? So in Luke 8, verses 11 to 12, he explains it on what it means. And he says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The word of God is wisdom. The word of God is wisdom. The seed is the word of God. Then he says in 12, the ones along the path that, the ones along the path are those that have heard. That's you and me. The ones along the path are those that have heard. They've heard the wisdom. They've heard it. Through relationship with Jesus, Jesus has sown the wisdom of the word of God in their hearts. But then he finishes up by saying, then the devil comes and takes away the word, that wisdom, from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Sounds a lot like inception. Inception sounds a lot like the Word of God and how the enemy works. Even in Matthew 13, 24 to 26, and he, he's talking about the wheat and the tares, and he, he paints this picture again, and he, and, and he says, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. This is why Solomon is like, guard your heart, son. Guard your heart. With all vigilance, with all diligence. Why? Because from it flows the springs of life. That's what it says on the other end of 23. Because from it flows the springs of life. How you live, the things that you value as wisdom inside of your heart will shape you from the inside and then shape and form how you live. He knows this and he's talking to him. It's not just that you heard it. It'll shape how you live in real life. Then in 24 to 26, he talks about what this looks like in practice. He's talking to us, and he wants them to understand the deep value that needs to be on, on, on wisdom, this, that this health is healthy. In 24, he says, as a side effect of, 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 of keeping this wisdom inside your heart and guarding it with, with all 
diligence. He says, now put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. What he's saying, what this communicates to us is that wisdom will shape how you communicate with others. It will shape how you respond to things. It will shape how you say this and how you say that. Wisdom will shape and mold how you communicate from others. You will have a tendency to want to put away from you those things that will hurt others with your mouth. He says in 25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Now, this is important because we want to remember what's constantly in your gaze, what's constantly straight in front of you. Earlier on inside the text, he told them, do not let wisdom out of your sight is wisdom. So keep walking. But while you're walking, let your gaze be straight forward, looking at wisdom while you're moving forward. Do not let wisdom out of your sight. Earlier we said wisdom was the word of God. So if wisdom is the word of God and the word of God is Jesus, then don't let Jesus out of your sight. I don't care what you're doing. Don't lose sight of the king because then you'll lose sight of the kingdom. Whatever you're fighting for, don't lose sight of Jesus. He is wisdom. Whatever you're standing for, whatever it is, do not lose sight of the king. He is wisdom personified. The moment you lose sight of the king is the moment you stumble. That's why in 26 he says, ponder the path of your feet. The moment you start Losing sight of Jesus and you start looking at these other things and I don't care what, how good these other things are, if they lead you away from Jesus, if they cause you to, 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 to not validate the power of Jesus, the power of his spirit, if it cause you to think that these other things are more stronger in some way, shape or form or they make more sense. The moment you lose sight of Jesus is the moment when Jesus himself becomes your stumbling block. He's either the chief cornerstone that your whole foundation is built on or the stumbling block that you trip over, one or the other. But this is wisdom. The band can come up now. 27, he closes out. Well, he stops. In 27, he says, listen, do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. It's crazy because, well, in this depiction then, evil is over here and evil is over here then. Evil is on this side and evil is on that side. And the only way you make it true is to, is to stay focused on the king and to continue to just walk straight. Understanding the difference between wisdom and folly.
Well, how do I know the difference between wisdom and folly? This is the difference here. Godly wisdom always leads you into deeper relationship with Christ and dependence on the Spirit. Know this. Godly wisdom will always lead you into deeper relationship with Christ and dependence upon His Spirit. Folly will always lead you away from relationship with Christ and into deeper dependence on yourself. This is how you weigh the two. Does it lead me closer to him? Does it cause me to depend on him a little bit more? Or does it lead me a little bit away from him, a little bit away from him, and cause me to depend on something else instead? To think something else is the fix. As we close out, I want to refer to another time where wisdom is being given relationally. Paul, he's, he's talking to, to Timothy. Oh, Paul is like a father to Timothy, and he's been mentoring him all this time. And he's been dropping words of wisdom inside of his spirit. And in 1 Timothy, verses 13 to 14, Paul gives these words to to Timothy. He says, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. And in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. He talks to him. And he says, listen, follow the words that I'm saying. Don't just hear them. Follow them. Follow them. But again, he says to Timothy what Solomon says to his son, guard them. Guard this. But he says how? By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. That's the how. Trusting the Spirit of God, surrendering to Him over and over and over again. Like this doesn't happen inside of your own might. Guarded by trusting the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. Listen to Him. As we get ready for prayer and communion. Like, going through this series, talking even through how Solomon is talking to his son. That's this, this father that, now you got to understand this, man. Oh, how a father is looking at his child and just like, they feel the weight. Now, I don't want this just to be another preached sermon that you just heard. Something that you heard here, and you're like, oh, man, another preached sermon. I want you to hear the weight. 
that I bear, the weight that Pastor Aaron bear as, as, as fathers, the weight that we bear as elders, as, as fathers who are accountable to God to you. I want you to, to understand the weight as I'm really real and transparent with you inside here. He's talking to his son as we are talking to you, as the Spirit of God is talking to you. And he says, guard the deposit. Guard your heart. And the thing here, many of us do nothing to guard our hearts. We just take the stuff in, but do nothing to protect it, nothing to guard it from a real enemy that's really seeking to destroy your very soul. Nothing. We just take it in, but there's no thing, nothing to guard against an enemy that knows just how to get at you. He's entering in through what you see, entering in through what you're hearing, entering in through the people that you choose to put around you, your circle, and you're doing nothing to guard your heart to protect the wisdom that's being given to you. Sometimes, in order to do that, you have to cut friends off. You have to stop talking to certain people, but you have to stop watching certain things and listening to certain things. But here's the deal. It's not so much so the things that you don't do. It's watching your heart and knowing what's going on inside of your heart. I'm starting to like that too much. I'm starting to, I'm paying attention to my heart. Guard your heart. And it's hurt because there's a real enemy that we watch and we feel that burden. I'm going to share that fatherly burden we can't guard your hearts for you we can't we can point it out we can tell you to do it we can encourage you but we cannot fight that fight for you we cannot guard your heart for you you know your heart and you know what's really going on I want you to hear this as God is calling you and then holding you accountable for what you hear as he says, guard your heart. The enemy is at the gate planning his attack on your heart. Know this. So as we get ready to pray, man, What prayer looks like for some of us is a time of repentance. Lord, I have not been guarding my heart. I let your wisdom in and everything else. Everything else. Now I don't understand the difference between wisdom and my own feelings. Lord, I repent. For some of us, Our time of prayer looks like this. Lord, I need you. I need your spirit. I need you to give me the spirit of wisdom. I have been relying on things that make sense. I've been relying on a whole bunch of other things, but not you, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Live inside of me. Give me that health-giving wisdom that comes from you living inside of me. Oh, spend some time praying by yourself. Then afterwards, 
come up here. Let's break bread together. Let's worship our great king together. Let the weight and burden of the responsibility rest on your chest because you need it just as much as I do because I need to guard my own heart. And then let's worship the king that we hope in together as we break bread. The tables are open. Let's pray. Let's commune. Let's sing to our king. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. 